and welcome back. This is Kenzie Burke, and I am introducing this beautiful episode that is so powerful, so incredible. I recorded this with Nicole, and Nicole is someone who I've followed on Instagram for a while now, and I've just been very attracted to her page, mostly because you can see a love for food that she has and a love for cleansing food and intuition and just she just illuminates abundance and this conversation i was listening to it just a moment ago and it is so beyond powerful and it is such a good episode for women especially. We really dive into food and living a cleansing lifestyle. We really dive into food combining and having joy and a strong intuition with your food. And I just cannot recommend this episode enough for women. Like I said, I was just listening to it and I was just kind of in awe. I mean, it's just such a powerful episode. So without further ado, I'll let you jump right into it. You know, I've seen your beautiful brand online and yourself and your family, and I've read little bits and pieces about who you are, but I would love if you touched on your background a bit because I want to start from the beginning and I don't know your full story. And I would love to know, like, what are some pivotal aspects of your life that have led you to who you are now and and where you are and could you give us and myself a bit of a background on you and who you are? Yes, totally. Well, my name's Nicole Berry and I am founder of Bonberry, which is a plant-based website, kind of a lifestyle recipe website, and also Bonberry Mart, which is a plant-based convenience store in New York City. And I live in New York City and I have two young kids, Jude, who's five, is my son, and my daughter C, who's two. And yeah, so I guess to like backtrack, I want to say like 10 years ago or even longer. I'm not so I, I live in this kind of world of like plant-based living and cleansing, and I share recipes that are cleansing forward and plant-based forward to help um, people kind of integrate the cleansing life and the alkaline lifestyle into their everyday and have it be approachable and easy and taste good. And really that all began with me kind of trying to navigate this world of cleansing and that that world of, I guess, the detoxing world um, without having it feel too regimented and austere. Because the way that I grew up, so I didn't grow up, grow up like with hippie macrobiotic parents. I grew up pretty mainstream <laughs> in New Jersey, um, right outside New York City. Um, my my mom is Korean and my dad is like Russian American, but we were very Americanized. Like I grew up with mac and cheese and fruit roll-ups and like Captain Crunch and all those things, you know? And, and um, it wasn't... And then like I lived in like right outside the city. So I had a pretty fast lifestyle. I was introduced to drugs and alcohol pretty early, like at 13. And I kind of basically dabbled in drugs and alcohol until it became like a full-blown addiction, specifically like to cocaine when I was 
17. So I just feel like my life was very, you know, it was fast forward very quickly into a part where I like hit rock bottom really early. I like got clean when I was 18, didn't touch hard drugs like throughout college, and really started becoming interested in, in the other side, the flip side of the coin pretty early. I was like fully vegan in college, but kind of like junk food vegan where I was having like frozen vegan burritos and like something called chick nuggets. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> there's that a was big my... difference. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. The vegans. Junk food vegan. Totally. Like I was, you know, like I didn't know any better, but I knew that I wanted to be, you know, vegan. And I felt strangely better doing those things. Yet I was eating fully packaged processed foods, like in like it's a t- entirety. Like I wasn't having anything else. Um, which like makes me cringe now that I think about it. Um, but then I moved to the city and I was started working in like fashion magazines, thought that's what I wanted. And again, it was a very fast-paced life, you know, a lot of high stress, high judgment, um, high superficiality. And I realized, you know, I mean, I did it for a good few years and I loved it, but then I kind of hit a wall when I was, I want to say when I was 26. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do the fast pace. The I wasn't, you know, I, I did not do drugs, but I was still drinking. And so it would be like drinking in the weekends, starting over fresh on Monday, trying to find like the right diet. I did like every single kind of like fat diet there was. And I just hit a wall and I was done with it. And I guess that's what you would call rock bottom. And from that moment on, I just became voracious in trying to heal myself. And I'm healing myself physically from all of the kind of fad diets. And I also battled um, bulimia and uh, throughout my teens, trying to like, just, I, w- I was done with that yo-yoing and, and, and it, it controlled me, you know? Um, so I started to read a lot of different things. I started reading Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, who was a Vietnamese um, Buddhist monk. I started to read Marianne Williamson. I was introduced to Gabby Bernstein, who you know now is like a New York Times bestseller, but then she was just doing one-on-ones out of her apartment. So um, I think we became friends in the very beginning and she really helped me a lot. And so I was delving into spirit and the physicality. I met someone named Gil Jacobs, who is a colonic therapist based in New York, but he introduced me to the whole world of food combining and juicing. And that was like, whoa. Like I remember when you talk about pivotal moment, I remember my first colonic ever. I was so scared. (laughs) I was like, didn't know what to expect. The treatment was extremely uncomfortable because I was not prepared. I was not introduced to this whole world. And afterwards though, because he's such a skilled colonic therapist, and this is how one should feel after a colonic, I literally was flying. Like I, my eyes were open. I was clear. I called my mom immediately. And when I jumped into the taxi, I called my mom, like, you need to make an appointment. This is life-changing. And, you know, slowly through my, my work with Gil and reading, I started reading. Natalia Rose was kind of my gateway into the world of cleansing, which is, I think, very common for uh, many people. And so, um, and again, Natalia was taking clients out of her apartment too. So I was at a very cool space in New York where these gurus and masters were just like seeing people in their living rooms. Yeah, that's so awesome. um, Yeah, it 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 was awesome. 
but I, I, I needed it so bad. I was a lost 20 something who needed direction, spirit, mind, and body. And so it became almost my full-time job in the sense that I had to even quit my job. I had a really, really awesome job at... Um, it was at Vanity Fair. I was booking all the covers and the shoots. I was flying to LA and on set with all these amazing people. And it was the coolest thing, but I could not care less because I wasn't happy. And so I quit and I became, I, free, I started freelancing and that allowed me to take the time to like make healing myself a full-time job. And so after a few years of doing that and literally going to all the workshops, going to the lectures, doing the artist's way, like doing literally everything that you could possibly do. And I had, I had the privilege and time and ability to do that, which I know is not possible for a lot of people. But I was able to do that. And then, then it started to dawn on me, hey, like, why is there not a space where... And then it was style.com. Um, now it's vogue.com. Where the women who read vogue.com can go to a place, you know, and digest all this like wellness information in a beautiful, chic, curated way. I was like trolling all the like really super hippy dippy granola websites and the weird places. I was like, but what about introducing this world, which is so fascinating and so helpful in a really kind of, you know, um, digestible way that's like feels cool and is like fashionable too. Um, so that's why we launched Bonberry.com. And I then walked, launched it with my friend Vanessa. Packer, um, who then went on to launch this gym model fit, which is in LA. I don't know if you know it in LA and in New York. But so the two of us went around and like started interviewing people, not about like what they wear or like what makeup they use, but like what tinctures do they use? Like what's their self-care regimen? Like all of these things that people don't really didn't it wasn't like sexy to talk about. Yeah. Like I always say like wellness was not wellness with a capital W. It was like very still kind of fringe. But then, you know, it, it was like kind of kismet because it was at the time where the world was kind of waking up to that and goop was like happening. And so people were getting into it. And so we basically rode that wave. Um, and I feel like we were like kind of like one of the trailblazers of bringing wellness into the kind of the mainstream, but not necessarily mainstream, but into like the cool stream, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. And so, so that was happening. And then two years ago, I had the opportunity to open a, um, a shop, like an IRL brick and mortar thing. And I was like, what would that look like to bring Bonberry offline? And for me, again, like bringing, making plant-based living and alkaline living and clean living approachable and friendly and fun because even... So wellness had blew, uh, obviously blew up two years ago already, but it was looking like super like goddess, moon goddess, earth goddess, adaptogen, like cool, like you know, that kind of vibe, which is not me. Like I said, I grew up out of the city. I'm like, I love this stuff, but I'm certainly not like frolicking in the woods with like my like mushrooms. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. <laughs> I just wanted it to feel like, like New York. Like I grew up going to like New York city delis and bodegas. And like, I love the accessibility and convenience of that. So why can't we make a store like that? but like have it be non-toxic and you don't have to like look at the ingredient labels to be like, this is going to kill me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that was the vibe of Bonbury Mart and we opened two years ago and we, and yeah, it was, we just celebrated our two year anniversary. So, so that's like the story of Bonbury, I guess. <laughs> I love it. 
I've, I'm attracted. I, I went to your place in New York last year. And yes, I know I miss you. I, I know. That. It is so nice to go to a place where you don't have to look at the labels. Because yeah. <laughs> you just know that everything's just so thoughtfully sourced. And I just, mm, yeah. I so admire yeah. that. I'm such a big advocate for that. I'd love to go back a little bit into your story because a lot of mm-hmm. your story really is is a lot like my story. I was kind of doing the same exact thing, like working in fashion and doing all of that. And I had to do the same thing. I had to make healing my full-time job. It really is. And I admire anyone who can go through that process, you know, almost as a side job because they have other things that are taking the front seat. But yeah, for me too, it was just, even though I was still working, it, it consumed my life. It, it really took a lot. So back to your, you know, healing process a little bit, what would you say was taking, was leading the way to the healing process? Because I feel like with the food, when you're healing and eating, you know, disorder or troubled eating, I find that it, it usually can go two ways with spirituality. So I find like for myself, I, I started healing myself through food. And then from feeling so good with food, I kind of found spirituality. And then from there, I linked the two of like, wow, this mm-hmm. isn't about the food I'm consuming at all. It's really about myself. And the food is a tool to just enhance how good I could yeah. feel. That's super, yeah. But for you, what, what was that first for you? I'm so curious. Yeah. So I think what you're speaking of is the, what I, I think it was the flip for me. I started doing yoga. So that was like my first practice in yoga. And I think that was the first time, I think in college I started doing it. And that was the first time that I ever connected mind and body, you know, and breath and mindfulness. And so just by virtue of literally like breathing in and breathing out and connecting, and I started doing a little bit more and more, that mindfulness started extending into what I was consuming as far as food. And that to to go vegan is because I felt that even though I wasn't necessarily having the being like, you know, eating just pure vegetables and fruit, I felt like I was kinder and it was I, I, the, almost like philosophically, I felt more gentle. Like I started to kind of that, that edge and that kind of, I guess, like all the kind of anger and the experience and the trauma that I experienced when I was younger started to soften the more I was eating like less animal protein and doing more yoga. So it was very, very much in, intertwined into like learning breath work and being having mindful movement because even then like we there's plenty of workout classes but you would just zone out and it was just like aggressive so i think yoga really was the first introduction into into the connection between the my spirituality and how i was eating if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah yoga is so wonderful i feel like especially for women we live in a world right now where I mean, maybe I think the pandemic has actually helped with this a bit, but before I feel like living in this fast paced world with social media and there's so much overstimulation and everything, you know, there's so much pressure for women to, to exercise and to have this body and, and all of these things. And 
I feel like for a while it was really overwhelming of, of the kind of movement that was being shown to women. And I think just with the pandemic and having people even be able to slow down and to be able to do more yoga and Pilates at home, I, I know so many girls who have just, you know, their bodies have, you know, just transformed and their minds have transformed because of just slowing down with their movement and their breath. And with yoga too, it really demonstrates that mind-body connection. You can really see it like for the first time in your life to, to really see like, wow, it's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. And even now, like, you know, like I still, like, I still like those like kind of type A workouts. Like I still love them because I just like, like loud music and I like kind of like that sort of release. Um, however, like when I'm doing only that, I, there's like a quiet yearning for the, for what you're talking about. And so I just, so I'll, so I just actually started reincorporating my yoga practice and I noticed immediately the shift outside of the class or the, you know, the practice the flow is that, okay, I can listen to my intuition more. So I think that, you know, it's not necessarily all or nothing. It's, but it's knowing what brings you down and what, what grounds you and knowing, you know, if you want to move hard or move, move, move less, it's like all about listening to that intuition and like, what is it that your body is like craving? And that for me is the biggest thing like that I try. Like, you know, like we can talk about like food combining and all the rules or the quote unquote rules, the principles and all that, you know, but the reason why I like to shift from that is because it really, what I, if I could leave anything is about listening to your intuition because that is what I feel like I was missing all those years of, doing, you know, fast pace, going, 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 what you're talking about is just, is running away from it, our intuition. And like by slowing down, you start to listen to what is my body really want? And I think that that re- rewinding back to those, that moment in my twenties, when I was trying to heal that it, I did a full, I had to do a full stop. Like not everyone needs to do a full stop, but I was going so fast and running away so hard from my, like, fear and trauma that I never really dealt with that I I needed to just be like, nope, I need to listen to what I'm doing, what I want, what my body wants. And it was really scary. And it was really... But as I went through it step-by-step step and moved through the pain and moved through the tears and all the things that I had to do to heal, then I like awoke as this person who's like could listen to what my body was craving to nourish itself, to truly like heal itself. And also like the, the things that it didn't necessarily need to nourish itself, but the soul needed to have it in order to move past it, if that makes sense. But I had a somebody asked me a question recently. It's like, okay, if you start listening to your intuition, what if your intuition just tells you that you want to have junk food all day? And I laughed because that's not in your intuition. Yeah. <laughs> your intuition, you know what I mean? That's your compulsion. And that's, and, and, in, and the truth is the only way through it. The, the only way past it is through it. So there was a good year, two years where I was having all those things that I was, I never allowed myself to have coming from an eating disorder. And like Lehman, there's so much like restriction. And then you, pur- uh, you like you binge and then you purge and you binge and you purge. So for me to just 
kind of go through it and have it and sit with those feelings while I'm having them and you know all of those things I had to do that in order to get past it and so that can be very scary so like I created this this kind of like course and like not at all to plug but just it just helped me personally and I wanted to create a course so that someone could feel safe and taken care of by going through those moments of like okay like let's say you've never had in New York I'm in New York so bagels are like the thing right like you know, like bagels for some reason are like the symbol of like fear for so many women because it's like you're not allowed to have it but you want it you know so it's like you're so have that bagel you know for a week and you're it's like almost like a test case scenario like you're in a case study Look as where you're observing your feelings and you know that there's an out, you're not going to be having it for the rest of your life or you're not going to spiral out of control. And by getting, by doing that, you start to lessen the compulsion. And that's when your intuition starts to wake up because a lot of people don't even know what your intuition is. You know what I mean? We, you're like, what? I don't know. I don't even know what I want because I've been denying myself what I want for so long that your body to, and your soul doesn't even necessarily know until you quiet down and start to listen. You know? Mm-hmm. It's it's so terrifying to listen to your intuition at first because it's so uncomfortable. Um, because we have so much conditioning, you know, like there's so we're just so conditioned. We have so many voices and so many thoughts inside of us. And there's this one quote, and I I can't remember who said it, but it stuck with me for so long. And it's it goes, nothing survives in the light of observation. And it, I find that to be so true. And in the past three months, when something arises for me, I just say that and I observe it. And it's so true because it cannot survive in the light of observation. But so often we don't take the time to sit and observe it. We just push it down and try to distract ourselves, which if we would just feel it, you know what, that's three hours of feeling sad, but but then it's you felt it and you've gotten what you've needed from that and you're able to move through that. And I think with food, and I love if you talked about intuitive eating, but with food, I find it's such a mind-body connection, right? So if you are eating something like a bagel, which I mean, I'll even eat a bagel now with avocado on it, but when you- Yeah, and it's great, but I enjoy that bagel and I welcome it in and I just have a relationship with my food where I understand how it's digesting and I understand how my body, what my body wants and I understand that my body really likes carbs. So I, I always, I invite it in and I find it digests and it moves through my body and it doesn't stick. Where I find that a lot of, res- when, you, when you resist your food, it does not digest in the same way. And that's when you know a lot of people will hold on to more weight and I believe it's more emotional weight because you're not fully inviting that food into your system. So with you and intuitive eating, what does that look like for you? And, and how was that shift for you? Yeah. Well, first of all, one, just to like also like piggyback on what you were saying as far as like feeling the feelings in, in the light of observation. One thing that I do every morning, that was the first practice I kind of incorporated when, in, when I started embarking on healing is like deep breaths in the morning, at least five breaths of like breathing in whatever anxiety or pain that you're feeling. And and for me in the beginning, it was so overwhelming to do that and so scary. But if you give yourself just like five breaths where you breathe it in and then 
exhale, release, breathe it in through your nose and exhale, release with your mouth, it can soften that feeling and sets your trajectory of the day so much more on a peaceful path. And and also it kind of like chips away at that at, at the anxiety and trauma that we've been holding on, like that you that you talked about that we're pushing down. So that for me is like all connected, you know, like because since we're looking at this in a holistic view, like so that's my number one thing. But um as far as intuitive eating goes, so let's like Fast forward after we've gone through kind of the feeling and the healing process, and we are intimate with our trauma and pain, and we breathe through it and let go, and then the intuition starts to arise. For me, what started to arise, um, and this is when I met um, Bill Jacobs and started reading Natalia Rose, is I was intuitively drawn to this world of like hydrating juices and hydrating salads. And simple simplicity, like just like big, beautiful salads, lots of vegetables, big bowls of fruits, things that don't really have to be altered that much to taste good. And so I think that for me, I was intuitively drawn to that. And it's then it's like about, okay, what, what feels restrictive and what feels like abundant. And for me, like I need to feel abundant in my meals. Like I, cannot feel like someone's restricting me in, in any way. So for me, it's incorporated. What does that mean? That means I need a lot of different textures and tastes and like leafy greens, but then crunchy things and sweet things and salty things. And and so it's always for me, like the whole meal planning thing, I totally, I, under, I, I understand like two flip sides of the coin, like being a mom of two who's busy works, you know, like I get wanting to have stuff in the fridge and like not having to make it. So I understand that. But at the same time, I do not meal prep because how do I know what I'm going to want? Like today's Wednesday. Like I have no idea what I'm going to want tomorrow at, at like 6 p.m. Like, and so for me, it's more important to have my intuition lead me. And if that means that I'm going to like maybe overeat or, or do something because I'm like hungry, like it's more important to, for me to have what I want in that moment than to say like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to have like a quinoa lettuce wrap when really I want like something entirely different, you know, because I need to strengthen that intuition at each moment that I eat. I, if I am listening to someone else or even like my mind of like what I want to have like four days from now, I am lessening my intuition and therefore I'm like controlling rather than like freeing myself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so with food combining, just to like, like draw. Yeah, like, I wanted to go into it. <laughs> yeah. So with food combining, I've gotten the question, maybe you have too. It's like how, if you come from a background of compulsion and now you're doing um, combining, isn't that another compulsion, right? Isn't that another, you know, disordered version or whatever? I just don't think it is for me, at least. <laughs> it's not even. And by the way, I rarely get that question, um, which I truly believe is because, like, the energy that you emanate, that one emanates, in which we're like, you know, enjoying the abundance of food. Like, we people don't get that energy, you know, unless they're, you know, feeling themselves in that energy. So I feel really good about the fact that I don't get that question often, but I do get it. And so to answer that question is instead of feeling like that food combining is like rules, I imagine them as like a roadmap, right? Like it's it's from getting from 
let's say you're going from like here and you're going cross country. It's like, are you just going to just like go wherever? No, you're going to probably map out a route. And so it creates these lanes in which you can go through. And for me, it creates so much more opportunity and freedom because I know I know what is going to make me feel good and energized and vibrant. And I can work within these like lanes, if that makes sense. So, and that really like opened up the creativity portion of it for me because I'm like, okay, so I can't, not I can't, but like, I know that mixing an animal protein with a grain is going to zap me of energy. It's going to make me not feel like I'm thriving. Like, sure. Like, of course I do it sometimes, you know, I'm not like, you know, a hundred percent always like, you know, food combining perfect. But I know how I feel afterwards and I don't feel so great. And the more you live this, the more you become sensitized to those little things. So how can I make the most delicious meal, but also feel awesome after it's done? Because that is the missing link, I think, between all of these... Like, I would vacillate between these really great foodie websites with these amazing recipes and then the cleansing websites because I'm like, but why can't we... Con- you know, connect these two, you know? Yes, and, so, and they uh, so can be bridged. And I think when yeah. you, I think that food combining for, for me, like you said, it was a roadmap to simplifying my foods, but still making them extremely abundant. So after living a lifestyle, you know, for I've almost like three or four years, my meals are simple, but they're extremely abundant. So everything is just so tasteful and and rich and vibrant. And I find that food combining really gave me the essence to go back to nature in a fast-paced world where it's like the normal in the fast-paced world is like, let's have like a protein and a grain and a vegetable and then this, and then like some fruit for dessert. And it's you're looking at a plate that's just so full with all these different foods. And with food combining, it's like, no, you can eat all of these foods that you want, but you know, how can you do it in a way that's optimally comp- like complements your digestion? And then from there, from just simplifying, it totally changed my palate. And I'm sure it did for you. And yeah. sorry, no, what I love the most about it is that there's no limitations. Like the whole thing is like, okay, you need to have the amount of grains the size of like a deck of cards, that whole like thought process. Like literally, like when I what I heard when I heard those words for the first time, like, you know, you need no more than a palm of your hand, something, you know? Um oh yeah. I feel <laughs> I felt like something died inside of me. Like, you know, like who is telling you that you have to eat like something no bigger than a deck of cards? That's insane to me. Like, you know, who said that? And it's so limiting and it's so like, that creates so much compulsion and judgment, self-judgment on like, oh shit, like I I ate a little more than like the palm of my hands. If you're hungry, you eat, right? And so the way this food combining lifestyle is set up, you can have, you can be abundant in all of these like earth natural foods. And like, that's all I needed to hear literally in the beginning. If I like rewind myself to hearing this for the first time, like 12 years ago, I was like, I can eat like a massive salad and like, you know, enjoy myself. And certainly things, there's some things that are more dense, you know, and, and, and you start to learn about that. And that's very interesting. Like, you know, oils and, you know, 
fats and nuts and how those digest. But the fact that I could have a huge abundance salad before a meal and enjoy myself and 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 if anything, it did the opposite. It created this like beautiful freedom where I could indulge again and like enjoy myself. And so that's what I love about food combining. It literally like opened my world. And so, yeah, I don't know if you want to get into like the deets, but because everyone's like, what matches with this? And da, 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 you know. I know. I, <laughs> it's always the question. But, you know, one other thing I think with food combining that strengthens your intuition with eating is you take the roadmap of food combining and you start applying it. And in the beginning, sure, like anything, it's different, right? And so you're more, you're paying attention to it and, and all of that. But as time goes on for myself, I don't, I don't think twice about it because now I just know my body so, so, so well. And I know exactly, I just, I just know, like, I know how I feel after I eat certain things together. And I know how I feel when I don't. And I know if I eat out and I've eaten all these different foods and once, cause I'm not perfect. I don't follow it, you know, like 10,000% all the time, but I do, I just feel a little bit slower, a little bit more sluggish. And I so can clock that. And it becomes such a second intuition, I think, when you, the more you practice it and you don't need that list of like, oh, what pairs with what? Because you just really start to understand your body's way of processing your food. Yeah. I always say that like the food combining is like a tactile, pragmatic lifestyle. You feel it. Like everyone, you know, wants to know the case studies and the science behind this and that. And my answer to them is really follow food combining for three days and like call me in the morning because you immediately feel the difference. Oh my gosh. And I don't care. And honestly, like, I mean, listen, I'm not a registered dietitian or a nutritionist, you know? So, so, and I totally respect, you know, that, that lifestyle and practice. Um, But I know this works for me. And I know that I know the people that come to me and said, oh my God, I've been doing this for three days and it's mind blowing about the difference. So that's all I need to hear. You know what I mean? And like, take what you will. You know, again, I always say like, you know, take what you like, leave what you don't, you know, and and leave it at that. But it's such an experiential philosophy, like what you're saying. And, and so if anything, instead of creating more mind games for you, once you start applying it to your life, you feel the difference. And then that in turn creates more intuition. And so it's it's probably probably the only lifestyle that does that, which is why it probably hasn't caught fire in the wellness world. Because I always say like, you can't sell anything with food combining. There's no like food combining, like cracker or like no. bread. You know what I and mean? Even, That's like, even the, the words thing. around it are so different. I mean, yeah, it's hard to find like one one source where everything says the same. And that's because I, I do believe it's a very intuitive way of eating. There's definitely road block, like um, road marks that one can follow to get into it. But yes, it, it, you cannot sell the lifestyle. It is a very intuitive lifestyle that... Which is why I love it and why I think it's cool and why it's like, uh, you know... there's a saying like truth is always in the minority. Maybe it's not always, but truth is often in the minority. And I love that, you know? I think it's so cutting edge. It makes me love it even more. Even the comments and the, um, 
backlash I will receive around it, I'm, I always think deep inside that I, I always want the person to know, like, you're fueling me to want to do it even more. <laughs> Listen, I always say, like, it, 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 like you said, I said, it's, a, it's an applied philosophy. So you do, if, if you don't, you do it, you don't feel good, then leave it. You know what I mean? But if you do it and you feel good, you know, and you're still questioning the claims and then this and the that, like, ask yourself, like, what am I really questioning? Like, you know, do you, do you want to feel good or do you, do you, are we, is it the ego driven, you know, like, do I need to have those numbers? And some people do. And so that's fine. But again, this is a holistic life. And, and whenever someone's like, I don't believe that this has a, I'm like, I'm not promoting mainstream like medicine. I'm promoting an alternative life to, lifestyle. It's called alternative because it's an alternative. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel about it. I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's something that it's, it's interesting being in this space for sure. And being in alternative health. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting. It really is. And it strengthens the intuition like no other. <laughs> yeah. And really and like confidence. The, the, the truth is, it's like you, there's really not, I can't, I mean, I'm sure someone can figure out a negative thing to say about it, but I can't find a downside of listening to your intuition, right? I mean, that's what we've been taught since we were little, like listen to your gut, you know, trust your instincts. That's what we're talking about here. You know, like, listen, and this is the thing about food combining is that, and ju- and the cleansing lifestyle in general, you know, when I read the, the first book that I read that introduced me into this life was the raw food detox, raw food detox book. I found it in a Whole Foods. It has like a cover with like tomatoes, bright tomatoes. And the thing that got me was that it's not like I was learning anything new. It's when you, I think that the thing about this is when you read about food combining, the reason why it's so intriguing and a lot of people pick it up is because it makes sense. There's some, there's a knowing inside like, oh yes, this is simplifying things. I know this already. I know this is going to work for me because it's intrinsic to me. It's not like we're learning a whole new type of way of living, you know, and that it was made up. It's just it's pragmatic, it's simple, and it awakens a, a, an inner knowledge that you're like, yes, like this is right to me. And, and, and then when you apply it, it works and you're like, okay, so this is, this is basically my life now, you know? And by the way, like I'm a big proponent of like 80%, 20%. There's times, you know, we live in a, a great, amazing, like urban environment. There's cities, there's other travel. I love to travel. And by the way, like most of my recipes are inspired by travel and trying things that are not within the food combining lifestyle so that I, okay, digest those flavors and be like, okay, how can I interpret this into a way that's going to be still gently cleansing and make you feel great? So for me, like it's not all or nothing. And, And it's very important having come from a compulsive background with drugs, alcohol, and eating disorders to never say 100% anything. Mm-hmm. It's so important because there's life. I mean, you have to leave room for life. And and by the way, like kids, big, big, big karma lesson for me. Like when I first had my son five years ago, you know, like I was deep into the life and was like, oh my God, my baby's going to be like Garden of Eden. 
you know, perfect yep. child, all the things. And you know what? Like he has multiple allergies. And by the way, like, you know, who knows what, with what our environment has like paid a toll on, you know, our lives, you know? So that navigates that I had to navigate that, which I never thought I would have to navigate. Then as a toddler, you know, of course, like, yes, the green juice and the smoothies, of course they have those things. But then as a toddler, he's like, he boycotted fruit like for a a couple months. And I literally almost like had a panic attack. (laughs) My child's not eating fruit right now. (laughs) But I always say it's my karma. It's a lesson because it's like, I cannot be controlling over this. You know what I mean? And like, they're going to go through their own phases and want their own things. And, and that's life. Right. And so it's a, for me, having kids really softened me in my approach to all of this because I'm not like, I was once you like, you know, like in my twenties, just like living my life. I can totally like curate my life the way I wanted it to be. And that was an amazing time for me. But then like life happens and then it just is what it, you know? And so it was a great lesson for me to have also more compassion for people who are not there and, you know, who don't necessarily want to be there. So how do we interpret this lifestyle for, for someone who's not ready to, you know, subscribe fully and they don't need to, you know? Something that I feel you and I both are on the same page with is, and I just, I, I, I'm so attracted to you for it, is you just seem to really enjoy food and mealtime and like a big dinner and a mealtime seems really sacred to you. And that is something that's so important to me and cooking dinner each night and sitting down for meals and fully enjoying your food. And, you know, I found my body processes and digest food and has so much flow because of this. And I lately have felt so called to just share more of the importance of mealtime and cooking and putting care and love into your meals and eating them you know, with people because culturally mealtime is a time to really come together and to love and to nourish from within. And I love to see other women as yourself who find joy in that and make it a large part of their lives. I think it's so important. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my greatest joys, like cooking and having a beautiful sit down meal. Um, For me, like I am, because I do follow food combining, like I basically, I really do. And this is personal, you know, over years of, of, of living like this, I mainly like do mostly juice in the morning. You know, I'll have like, if I'm on, I'm on the go a lot, I work a lot. So I'll just be having lots of fruits and veggies. And I obviously at our store, we have our salads and things like that. So I don't really have the moment to have like a sit down, beautiful meal. And at dinner, it's my time to really unwind. And, and it's my joy. Like I, I, I unwind. It's like my meditative, moving meditative practice is cooking. So that's part of it. And then also like feeding my family and there's like no greater joy than to make something that like everyone likes, you know, which is harder and harder, but just to sit there and, and, and nourish everyone is really important. And I love what you've been talking about, kind of like the Mediterranean lifestyle and, and just bringing in pleasure and joy into your, into this life. And that is non-negotiable for me. Like there's no cleansing lifestyle. If there's no joy in that life, then why are we doing this? You know yeah, joy is everything. And that's why all the... Yeah, absolutely. And that's the only thing that's sustainable. Like 
This is why I have not gone on any sort of cleanse, quote unquote cleanse, since beginning this lifestyle, which is ironic because I've like, I'm in the healing world now. But for me, what's more healing is that, is what are you doing every day? You know, what I, I so much more cherish my green juice and green smoothie in the morning every day than going on like a three day or whatever day, you know, thing where I'm not doing anything because that's punitive to me, you know? And And you're never going to live fully on that. I try to explain that to friends when they say, oh, you know what? I'm just, you know, I'll get a lot. I'm going to go on a three-day cleanse and then I'm going to start food combining. And I'm like, well, you're not going to live on a three-day cleanse. So why don't you start building just habits every day that make you feel good, you know, because I think that's that's such a... European and and Mediterranean, as you were saying, you know, I mean, I think that that they're, uh, you know, whether it's France or Italy or Greece or Spain, they're like moved by pleasure, right? And that was the, I guess when, and again, like that was the aha moment for me is the pleasure aspect of this. And this is why I feel my recipes like resonate with a lot of people is because when they see it, it's, they see the they, the joy and the pleasure before they see like the detoxing component. What I what I love is that I don't even need to mention that you're going to feel awesome, and this is probably going to help you eliminate way better than anything else. Right? They, like <laughs> it's built into the recipe. That's what that's already there. What's really there? What's really I like to say is like the deliciousness and the joy. Like we were saying, like you know, going on to like all these foodie websites, like. That's what I want people to feel when they go onto my site, not like, oh, I'm on a I'm on a food combining vegan, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm here to cleanse, like, what do I have to eat versus wow, yeah, this is yeah, so no. abundant. These I'm going recipes. to make this. <laughs> like these are recipes you're gonna make for your family, for yourself, and for guests and impress them at like a dinner party. And yet they leave. And this is what I loved. This is why uh, like before COVID, I loved having friends over and making like these big elaborate meals and like they're enjoying and they're loving it. But then the next day they like call me and they're like, oh my God, I feel so great. Like I don't like there's that quote unquote food coma like doesn't happen anymore, you know? Yes. Once you drop the, once you realize you can live without the food coma, everything's changed. (laughs) It's so great. And then, and I'm always, again, pre-COVID going out to dinner, like my friends like make fun of me, like, oh, here she goes, like ordering so much. Like I order like probably like three times more than like anyone sitting at the dinner table. But it's because the way that I pair it, it's, you know, I, I, I like vibe and I thrive and I feel great and like amazing. It's just the way that I order and more, and instead of getting like and a lot of people are like, what about like, you know, people judging you for doing this and doing that? It's the absolute opposite thing that happens. Like they're like, oh, can you order for me? Or like, can I have exactly what she's having? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because for they sure. See, you know. That's so funny. I'm the same exact way at restaurants. I think when I whenever I go out with someone for the first or second time, they are shocked at how much I'll order and I'll eat. Like I will eat so much. I remember when I first was really in tune with this lifestyle and I would go out to eat with other girls. I think it was, I almost was shocked at myself for a minute. I was like, wait, do I really do eat a lot, but I would be bouncing around and I just have no fear around it. I just feel so good. So it's very it's funny. liberating. 
and fun. And then I, and ho- if, if anything, I hope it just ignites that fun and joy in others. You know what I mean? And be like, Hey, I can, I can also like live like this as well. And, and, and I'm not and like, but it is, it is important to say like you, it's not just like, okay, going off, like ordering whatever you want. Like there are, again, there are the principles. And so we follow those principles, you know, and it's, it's about, you know, emphasizing raw greens, you know, having that be the, you know, the abundant part of your meal and ordering all the other great yummy things, like not necessarily mixing a grain with a protein, like being those little, like kind of like tenants, if you stick to those, then you can be super abundant. But it is like, you know, important to note to say like you know there are principles for a reason and and follow them and sometimes it is good to have a little bit of a discipline you know i mean yoga is a discipline you know martial arts is a discipline Medita- meditation is a discipline like discipline is not necessarily a bad thing and i think it's important to know when we're being mindfully disciplined and rather than like punishing if that makes sense exactly there's a big difference between those two. Yeah. And it is important. I mean, it's important to have ways of living that, you know, you follow that make your life and your body and your wealth, everything just better. It's like, you can look at anything as a discipline. You know, I, I do Pilates every single day. Is that disciplined or is that just something that I do because I know it makes me feel really good? Just like with the eating, it's like, when I do order at a restaurant, I do order in a certain way. Is that disciplined or is that just something I do because it, I know it, you know, enhances my life. So there's ways you can look at it. I, I think it's definitely the the former. I think it's like meaning like you, you, you're doing it because you love it and that should mm-hmm. be the case. I just wanted to like, but also say that like, you know, also I'm bringing in like being a parent as well as like, did, like we thrive on discipline. We thrive on our routine. It's safe and it's, it's helpful. And not, and, and, but it's, it's become a situation. I feel like in, in, in our world now that discipline is considered just like all bad. And so for me, I think that having principles, and this is what food combining is a lot, you know, it's, it's a way to embrace discipline, but in a way, in a, in a positive way, in a health, in a quote unquote healthy way. I hate using healthy because it's so subjective, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. If that makes sense. I agree with you. Yeah. And children thrive off of routine and, and all of that. I mean, for sure. they're like when such I'm- happier little creatures when they have, you know, their naps and their breakfast at a certain time and yeah. human and nature. Us- I think we just, we do thrive off of that. Yeah. Like when my kids are with grandma, you know, they come back just like sobbing because she gives everything, <laughs> <laughs> anything like, oh, couldn't you stick to the routine? You know? And so that's like kind of like us sometimes when we're kind of like left with like no rhyme or reason, you know, it's, it's, it is good to have, it's helpful to have these roadmaps. And I, what I, one of the ways that I loved that Gail Jacobs, my teacher, refers to it as you can either like play hard or play not so hard. And so that means like, you know, sometimes you want to be really on point and there's like, okay, I really want to like only do this, you know, and, and feel like, you know, really super, you know, to the T of food combining and because you want to feel good or you're trying to heal yourself from something like immune this helps so much with our immune system, you know, and, and not overloading our bodies like to digest 
constantly being digesting food so it can do the, the other things that it's meant to do. So like those are times where I'll be like really, really to a T. And I and I and it's it's almost like a game. Like I can like do that. And then there's other times where it's like, okay, I want to like, I'm on a vacation or I'm traveling and I want to experience the culture, or I'm just like not in the mood to do any of that, you know? And I won't. And it's okay. It's like the way that we approach it rather than an all or nothing. Yep. And it, and it, when you have that base and that lifestyle that you know is there for you, it really supports that versus, you know, having a trip and then coming home from that trip and being like, well, I, f- I don't feel good. What do I do now? You know, you have that lifestyle that you can just easily, it's just there for you the very next day, should you want it. So Absolutely. it's always good to have a base. Absolutely. I love to just wrap usually these podcasts up with a little bit of advice. And I know we were talking about just a little bit before we jumped into it is just, you know, the past six months and in with what's going on in the world. And what is something for you that you've discovered in the past six, nine months? I feel like everybody's had some lesson and something that's really stood out to them from what's been going on in the world and what what was that for you and what has held you through this time? It's hard, right? I think everyone, well, first of all, I think everyone, everyone could use a lot more compassion right now. I think that no one knows how they're going to react or handle the world kind of like coming to a full halt as it did and how they're going to handle and manifest their fears. So there's so many different reactions that everyone is having. And by the way, that I've had like March, April, it's like that meme, like March, April, May, like, you know, like there's a mm-hmm. different experience, emotional experience for each month. Um, so so just like letting go of the judgment and bringing more compassion. What I was really kind of disappointed to see in the beginning of like, like March, April, whatever, was the lack of compassion and the kind of overdrive of judgment from all sides, like from all sides, the liberal, the conservative, that it was just judgment so much. And, and I know that that has, is, is the manifestation of fear, right? Everyone, you know, and so, so to have compassion at the lack of compassion, I guess, is one thing. And then the other thing is that now I, I think more this year, I think I feel, you know, as we're going into the new season, we're still kind of in this realm of unknown is really focusing on our self-responsibility when it comes to our own well-being and our health. And this is not to like take away from any sort of thing of mainstream like commercial medicine. I have like a full, you know, like my daughter, like, you know, we had, when she was born, we, we were in the hospital. Like I'm, I'm so in awe of what these frontline workers and hospital workers do on a day-to-day basis. That said, when we're home, what can we do other than like hide under our, our covers and like never come out again? You know, um, for me, I think the preventative, the stop the spread stuff has be, has been replaced, like has replaced like healthy living. And um, 
So for me, I really want to be vocal more than ever. Like now is like to say, Hey, like we're not just stand, like sitting ducks. Let's let, let's focus on what we're nourishing ourselves and our families with, you know, joy, focusing on joy because stress is such a big thing and know that, you know, not everyone is going to be tracking down and, and, and looking out for you. So really being your own advocate for your, for your body and yourself. And, and that's become more clear than ever that like, we really have an opportunity to take our well being into our, in our own hands, you know, um, and, and to keep doing that, you know, as much as possible and, and be unapologetic for it. Because again, that going back to that intuition is like tapping, you know, yourself best. Right. And so also like listening to like someone like me or like, you know, like leave, take what you like, leave, leave what you don't like, because there's so many voices and there's so many opinions now, um, that if anything, it's the time to like get quiet and listen to like what, what works best for you. Absolutely. I think we're on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, like it's really so nice to have people on the same page that you can identify with out there because it's, you know, sometimes like it's, like you don't want this to be a lonely life. It doesn't, you know, this lifestyle doesn't exist in the void. Like it's really beautiful to have community and see people like who are, who approach this world the, the same way. And, and, and because it's kind of fringe still, believe it or not, you know, it's, it's so nice to see people like, Oh, okay. Like I enjoy myself and, and, and indulge in this way, but also lead a cleansing lifestyle and I'm thriving that way. So it's, it's really beautiful to see that with on your page and, And so I just wanted to say thank you for like spreading the word. Yes. No, thank you. I feel the, I feel the same exact way. And like I said, something I'm just so, I mean, we have a lot of the same practices, but something that's just so stood out to me is I can just see your love for, for your food and the energy behind it. And for me being younger, most of my friends are now in their upper twenties or thirties or even have children. But for a while and in the beginning, it was um, interesting for me because I did feel that strong love and intuition with food and with mealtime. And I felt like it was a tougher world to, to share that because food has just been so feared by so many young women. And it was almost like cooler to not show like, have joy in your food than to not. So to find other women who share that and who spread that message, it just, it makes me extremely happy because me too. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, I'm like all in with the whole European lifestyle now. So yeah. anyone who's doing three hour dinners, I'm so in for. <laughs> I know I'm like, I'm missing that my like, you need to go to Spain. They really just like, really enjoy their lives there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going there as soon as they open. <laughs> Good. Me too. I'll meet you there. <laughs> okay, we can meet there. <laughs> Thanks, Kenzie. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to connect with you. And I'm going to link everything down below. I don't know if you want to share your handle here, but I'll link your blog and your Instagram so people can follow your beautiful foods. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
and give me a follow on Instagram if you do not already, which is at Kenzie Burke. And I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day.